Hello, hello. This is Tracy Harrell, and welcome to Bigger Than Me. Each week, we focus on how to achieve your definition of success and happiness. On Bigger Than Me, we bring together a combination of ageless wisdom, the latest research, and engaging interviews with amazing people who are sharing their stories to help each of us achieve our full potential. Your journey to transformation begins right now. Let's do this. OMG, I I could not be more excited today. Hey, Bruce, how are you? Hi, hi, how are you doing, Tracy? I am great. So today I am inviting another, you're basically an old friend. We've known each other. We worked together at at, at Disney for what? I don't know, it was 15 years ago, it feels like. It was a long time ago. And we were on a similar journey. We are on a similar journey. And you're Bruce Francois. You're an author. You're a coach. You're fabulous. I don't even know how to describe you. Your your book is amazing. Your workbook is extraordinary. We're going to try to cover elements of it today to really help people to change their lives, to begin to really think about that transformation of thought and using their minds. So can you just do your own introduction for me? How would you describe yourself to someone? Sure. Thanks, Jersey, for having me on your show. My name is Bruce Francois. I am a social entrepreneur. I, as you said, I'm an author of, of two new books. First book being My Purpose, Become the Best You, 10 Keys and Over 70 Principles to Unleash Your Potential. There's a companion workbook that goes with this book called My Purpose Workbook. I'm also a speaker, a mentor. I guess you can call jack of all trade, master of some. Um, (laughs) That's what I do. And I'm on this transformation journey to help inspire people to become better versions of themselves. I am the CEO and Chief Inspiration Officer for Bruce Francois Incorporated, which is a social enterprise that inspires, equips, and enables individuals to actualize their potential. I also lead a nonprofit organization called My Purpose Network, and that organization's mission is to help enable people to discover and experience their purpose in life. Mm. So much so much that you said. I'm like, mm. <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. So much that you just shared aligns with the work that I'm doing, which is why having you on the show is just such a perfect fit. And what I what I love about our conversations are we're, we're very much aligned. You talked about transformation. You know, you're chief inspiration officer. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And right now, we need what you're doing more now than ever. And certain communities actually need it more than other communities. But at the end of the day, what I find is everything we're sharing is universally sound. It is universally applicable. And what I love is you're taking scientific proof. Like there, there, there's research. This is research-based, biblical-based, right? Uh, there's, how would you describe the, the fundamentals of what you do? Great question. Like, meaning, I, why should people, why, why does it work? Well, what I would say, the things you mentioned, uh, there's an aspect to the transformation journey that I provide as, through the resources, the, the book and the workbook and some other tools that we offer. But it's a blend of science, what would some would call science and spirituality. I call it just knowledge and different aspects of knowledge. And what makes this transformation unique is I include aspects of all aspects of knowledge and wisdom together 
to drive the individual through the phases of awareness, believing, operating, discovery. That self-discovery is the pathway to realizing their full potential, understanding their purpose in life, looking and seeking and achieving meaning. And what brings this solution as a way to go about is this not one-sided. I bring multiple perspectives into this journey and allow the individual to be empowered along their path. I, I love it. And like I said, it's bigger than me. It's, all, it's a very similar concept where we're connecting Basically, I like, you know, I like to say we're bridging the gap between knowing a thing and doing a thing. Knowledge is power, but action is where the change actually takes place. And so you're focused on transformation. I love it. The awareness, all those concepts align. My book, my the first book that's being published, not the first book that's written, but the first book being published for me is called Loving the Journey and Living the Dream. And we're going to talk about very similar principles today in some of the work you're doing. Now, we can't talk about everything, but I would like for you to give a very brief um overview of just, you know, the first time you came on the show, we talked about your reflection, number one, this concept of facing your struggle, this, this, this concept of, you know, a lot of people are struggling right now. And we're saying your struggle can be, how do you describe your struggles? A signal for change, change, opportunity for growth. A signal for change and opportunity for growth. What if everyone decided that what's happening today with COVID-19, with this pandemic, what if we all decided that this struggle was meant for our growth? Like, what would you, if you, if you, we're not going to deep dive on that today because we talked about that on a prior show, but let's just make sure we ground people on the concept that the struggle is by definition necessary. It's a necessary part of the journal. Let's talk about what would you share with someone who's struggling on how to think about it differently and approach that struggle as an opportunity for growth? Yeah, so great question. Let me level set by laying a foundation. I know for the audience, as for the preview to our, our prior conversation, mm-hmm. the transformation journey, uh, the outcome towards achieving clarity or what I call purpose, finding meaning, uh, mm-hmm. I provide a 10-step journey. And the first phase or the first step is the step of facing your struggle. The, the second, third step includes acknowledging your purpose in life, understanding you, understanding around you, believing, discovering you, deploying you, making impact, and committing yourself to purpose. So the question on facing your struggle, why is it important to face your struggle? Just to give you some insights, that your struggle is a signal for change and an opportunity for growth. Your struggle actually gives you information or informs you on the things that you probably want to pay attention to, especially if you use the COVID-19 as an example. There are so many things you can do. And, and of course, it's a severe pandemic. The world is grappling with it. But there's some opportunities in there. One of the things I shared last time was self-discovery leads to self-exploration. And when you look at the struggle in itself, and using COVID as an example, we have opportunities we can we're first first we're frightened and we're fearful and we're trying to find a panacea for this but there's opportunities for us internally as well we can be doing things to improve ourselves reconnect with our families uh, learning things that we probably never thought we can do like maybe learning to cook or doing things that because restaurants are closed so there's so many opportunities but i don't know how many people are actually seizing the opportunities to develop themselves in that particular space. I, I love that. I, what, what I love most about what you're saying is we can all do it. 
no matter where you are in life, you know, the, the idea is most of us are changed. Things have changed. Even if you haven't lost your job, you know, your routines are different. You're not able to do the things that you were able to do in the past. And I think what's, what's super exciting about this, and I'm taking, you know, feverish notes. I have your book on my, on my phone on Kindle. I have your workbook in front of me, yet I'm still feverishly <laughs> taking notes here. What I love about what you just said is self-discovery leads to self-exploration. So that's your challenge number one. Each of our shows are really, it's about information, but it's also about activation, right? We can't just tell you a thing and not expect you to do a thing, right? Knowing a thing is not the same as activating. I know I need to lose 100 pounds. I'm, I'm in the journey. I haven't done it, right? I'm doing it. So my, 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 my quest, my request, the action number one for you is to think about this new concept of self-discovery leads to self-exploration. So think about your, your struggle as an opportunity. I love that. So we're going to move through um, a couple of these. So we're going to focus on your reflection number five and six. So we're going to ease people quickly through two, three, and four. So you said acknowledge your purpose, understand you, and then understand those around you. Can you give us just, you know, ease sure. us from facing your struggle to those two, three, and four, and then we'll, we'll go deeper on the next step, which is, you know, about changing beliefs. Absolutely. So when you think of your struggle, and I know I, we, we're really – glancing over the struggle there's so much to the totally. struggle and totally. if, you, if you want to go, yes totally if there's anything else you want to say again i i defer sure. to your your expertise <laughs> because it is so important that we are struggling and i never want to say you're struggling and just do that so what we're going to do is you know we're going to go we're going to talk about your beliefs number five and six because you have to change your beliefs in order to change how you address the struggle so we're going to come back to struggle trust me but but we're going to go into it a different way would you agree with that I agree. So when you think of your struggle, it's not only just a signal for change and opportunity for growth. I talk about opportunities where it's also training and preparation for your purpose. But one mm -hmm. of the things with our struggles that when you do that self-discovery, you start to realize a lot of the lies that you've, we've told ourselves in our struggle. And that's where the, the time to reflect and discover those things and discover those lies. We tell we told ourselves a lot of lies and, and, and things that we, we couldn't do certain things. We lost our confidence. The, the, the thing that makes our struggle common for everyone is the feelings that we go through. We feel like we can't do this anymore. Life is no longer you know, charting our way. And we get into this place in my particular experience, a place where you feel like you start to question your value, question your worth. And even though we're gonna, skip and go into believing but then the importance of struggles when it gets to believing is that once you identify the lies that you've told yourself and the things that have chained you or, or what we call strongholds the bondages that 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 we kind of root ourselves in and examine what they are and understand who you are in a person then you're ready and able to reset your belief mm. and you cannot go in reset to reset your belief without understanding what lies you've told yourself that would created the strongholds to begin with. So it's important that you, you examine what those are to get into the phase of, of resetting your belief. And someone might be asking, like, why am I doing this again? And when I look at your book and you talk about resetting your beliefs, you talk about this, is, this show and everything you do is about helping people to transform. So I want to make sure we're focused on what they're doing and why they're doing it, what, what that outcome is going to be and, and why this is so important for people to really, because it's not easy. You're not asking people to do, you know, because if, if it was easy, we'd all be doing it, 
you're basically laying out a very clear roadmap and you're asking people to do the work and it's not easy work, right? It's work. I absolutely. And but it's the most the valuable I, work, right? It's the most valuable work and, and it's the most difficult work. I learned today from uh, my, my spiritual mentor, Dr. Miles Monroe, uh, the beloved mentor, and he said that the greatest or the most difficult project that we could take on in life is mm -hmm. the restructuring of our mind. Mm -hmm. And the restructuring of our mind, change is so difficult. And one of the things we want to get people to embrace is the idea that in order to have the outcome that we want, the better life, to become the better versions of ourselves, we have to dislodge and renounce the things that have kept us from achieving that. And that is a mindset shift. Mm -hmm. That is an opportunity where we're able to reset your belief. So that if you go back to your question on what's the outcome, the transformation journey takes you to these phases to achieve fulfillment. We are all universally in search of truth. We are all looking for fulfillment. We all want to be a better version of ourselves. We all want to have peace within ourselves. We want to be valued. We want to know that we are operating to our full potential. And mm -hmm. in order to do that, it requires us to dislodge or to refine or reset some of the things that have prevented us from actualizing in our full potential. I love it. What I love about you, Bruce, is you, you can talk at every level. You're quite an intellectual. You're an engineer. You know, you're you um, you're you're a spiritual guy. You could talk at every level. And when I think about what you just said, you talk about in order to you know you're doing this work for us to transform, to be you know the better versions of ourselves. So I'm going to ask people right now: when you're stressed out, when you you know, have you done anything during this COVID time? that you weren't proud of meaning have you yelled a little bit more than you probably should have have you been a little edgier with your spouse or your children have you you know exhibited you know these 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 um outward uh exhibitions of behavior that really you know would you say probably doesn't represent your best self right so we're basically giving you a roadmap and an opportunity to say yeah i may not be optimizing the experience, there's probably some things I could do differently. Imagine if we just, again, all decide that today, the struggles that we're going through and the, we're gonna decide to, 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 to live our best life, to, to each, in each moment, make a choice that's going to allow us to think differently, again, believe differently. You say to believe is to surrender to truth. So to surrender to the truth that we currently are facing but also surrender to a truth that allows us to look at things that are more positive. Would you agree to that? Like in order to, 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 to be more positive and to act more positive, you, you have to believe in a positive outcome. Well, one of the things that I discovered in my journey, and I share this um, in my mentoring program, we use the term believe or believing casually. We, we, because we have this standard viewpoint that when we believe, we kind of assume that once we can confirm it with our senses, the physical senses, that you either can see it, hear it, feel it, touch it, taste it, whatever, uh, we have the proof we need to believe. What I discovered that to believe requires more than just that. And mm -hmm. you, you landed on the to surrender to truth part, but there's a few stages actually in the whole aspect of believing. And I'm going to take you through a few of those, and I think it's important because I think Absolutely. most folks are surprised when, we, when, I, when they go through this part of the journey to understand, wow, I didn't know that believing involved all of that. So first, let's talk about the first aspect of believing. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. To believe is to accept truth. It's important that we understand what truth is. And I thought truth was anything that you thought was real. I mean, by definition, truth is it's what, whatever is real or, or is genuine, we consider it to be true. But I realized that the acceptance of truth has to do with what we are used to, what we're comfortable with, uh, using our physical senses as a medium for acceptance. But there was more to truth than just accepting it as just true. To believe is also to accept truth without proof. And this is an important aspect because with the notion of having proof every time, I think the nature is our ability to really exercise the power that comes with believing. And being able to accept truth without the luxury of proof is another layer of improving our belief and, and not relying on the aspect of having proof. The next aspect that. is to believe is to trust truth. Now, one thing to say you accept it as true, but how many of us really trust it? And trusting is as another degree as well. Trusting means you can trust it because you see it or feel it or touch it. Mm -hmm. But th there's an aspect of trust called to rely upon it, meaning that you're going to put yourself on and say, I'm going to trust not in it, but trust upon it. And the, the aspect mm -hmm. of shifting from That's in right. something, trusting in something to trusting upon something, creating that reliance is another aspect of belief. And then mm, you just I said it, right? That. To believe is to surrender to truth. One of the things that I discovered mm -hmm. in this journey is in addition to the qualities of being true, of being real, there's another dimension that we don't talk about much. And this is a unique thing. It's another property some may argue it's another quality. I call it another dimension. It's the liberating aspect that comes with truth and which gave truth a different meaning for me. So truth was not just all about being true and real. Truth was being also convicted to be free in whatever that is. And that's why whatever struggles that have kept you or held you back from going forward, whatever lies you told yourself, you have to be able to surrender all those things. The challenge now becomes surrendering is not easy. First, you need to have a place or a source to surrender to. And reason why I believe we have a hard time dislodging lies that we've told ourselves because we don't have a place to surrender it. We don't have a, who do we give it to? Who do we tell? Who, do we, who can we trust to say, you know what? You can take these lies that I've told myself and, and, and wash it away and cleanse it. And, and now I'm free. So the surrendering aspect and uh, it's an important piece and because you have to get to a place in your overall growth, your spiritual growth, personal growth, to be able to feel free and feel relaxed, to let go and allow yourself to be taken mm. and, and washed away. And, and one another principle is to believe is to enable faith. And we can go in and have another show on just faith. And, mm -hmm. uh, but we kind of use faith casually too. You know, I, I believe and I have faith. What, what I sorry, love about yeah. your book is you, you actually provide, I think you have a faith formula. Let's talk about the formula for faith. Oh my God, that's my favorite. You know, one <laughs> yeah, of the things that, I didn't talk about this in the introduction, but I'm also uh, an engineer, right? So as an engineer, I like to put formulas together. That's what I do. This is the first <laughs> time I've actually put a formula that would help guide my life and help others as well. I'm so used to putting formulas to help create technology and do different things. But the, the, the formula you're talking about, and I think this is where I think God inspired to kind of put the formula to help create the simplicity 
so that people can really relate to the elements that's required for faith. So faith, we know from scripture, is the evidence of things seen. You know, it's the faith without works. It's dead. We kind of know the things that, that talks about faith. But really, how many of us really know what it means to have faith? And I, I looked at faith from the formula of these variables. Faith equals belief plus trust plus action in totality is what gives us faith. In other words, you can believe something is true. If you don't trust it and don't take any action, you're not activating or enabling your faith. You may believe and trust, but you're not taking any action. Action is the work. If you're not doing anything to mobilize yourself, then you're not enabling faith. And it takes all of these ingredients, belief plus trust plus action, to set our faith on I high. love it. I love it. Now, you know, I got to break it down. So I, I love everything you're doing. So I always got to break it down. So I'm like, yes, and 100% complete. I 100% believe it. But if I'm sitting back and I've lost my job and um, I'm struggling and I'm not feeling like that, what, what's before me is not positive. I, I'm not like, I don't, I don't have an obvious in front of my face clear path of what is going to look better tomorrow. What I love also that you talk about is stretching your imagination, like using these, this, this concept of faith, the belief, trust, and action. But you talk about envisioning. I talk about that in my book as well, right? But, but we're not talking about me today. We're talking about you. But I love the fact that you focus on stretching your imagination. Basically choose to rest your belief and imagine your dreams. Imagine something positive that will come out of your current situation. Why is that so important? Well, it's another aspect. I call it the stretch um, aspect of faith. Uh, knowledge is limited. I think Albert Einstein said this, you know, knowledge is limited. Imagination is actually greater. So even when we don't know, we have the power to imagine. And being able to imagine and, and stretching your imagination is, is another aspect of taking your belief to the next level. So when people are in a difficult situation, and sometimes they don't see things. They don't have the proof of, you know, their financial needs being met. Uh, they're struggling. They may got, have gotten furloughed or whatever, you know, so they don't know. They're, they're grappling with life. Sometimes the only thing we have left is just to imagine what our situation would look like. Start having hope. Your imagination inspires hope. And, and it's, I don't want people to ever believe that regardless of the situation, they should stop dreaming. It's the dream, is the belief that, or what I call the, the, the imagination that, ins, that, that drives the dreams that gives us the hope to actually want to live and, and want to aspire. And, and without that, you know, that is where the power comes from. So I, we want to keep dreaming, we want to keep believing, and we want to keep imagining. I love that. And what I, what I actually do with this show, again, Bigger Than Me is about helping real people turn their dreams into reality. We turn hope into how. And we build on this power of purpose, destiny, and legacy. So if you say turning dreams into reality and hope into how, we do three things. We tell stories, we share wisdom, we elevate expectations. So this concept of telling stories, even if you can't imagine, if you see someone that looks like you, that sounds like you, you can go and actually see that someone else has actually done it, then you too can do that thing, right? That's why this is so important. That's why it's so important for people to tell their stories and talk about miracles that have happened in their life and, and, and how they, by changing your attitude, you can actually change your reality, right? 
Absolutely. How you respond to a situation is 100%. Uh, you decide how you respond to it. You can't decide what happens. What is that? What is the serenity prayer? God, grant me the serenity to... I'm trying to remember that serenity for it too. Something about the things you care to. Um, I'll come back to it. Nathan, do you know the serenity prayer? It is God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. All right, Nathan. See, look at that. He has it right there. See, this is what happens. <laughs> See, we're so advanced. I was going to pull out my digital Bible. (laughs) (laughs) So grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. And all I know is, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thank you. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. There's, There's a connectivity to what you just talked about, changing your beliefs. It's really about having courage to do something different. You talked about, you know, the the changing of your mind and actually using your mind to change a reality. Grant me the serenity to change those things, the courage to change the things you can and the wisdom to know the difference. I love that. I love that so much. And so as we as we move from of your 10 beliefs, we talked about number one was facing your struggles. Number two was acknowledging your purpose. Number three was understanding you. And four is understanding around you. We just talked very briefly, and again, your book, your workbook, the processes that you take people through are so deep, but we're already halfway through today's show, and um, we got so much more we need to talk about, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on. It's actually exactly 3.30, so I'm going to move on. We just talked about resetting your belief and the power of resetting your belief, so recognizing that your, your, your struggle is... By definition, self-discovery leads to self-exploration. So if your struggle is an opportunity, we're asking you to, to identify opportunities in your life right now. If, if we know that your beliefs can be reset, Bruce, every, in every moment, what specific words would, would you share with people in every moment when you want to snap at your kids because you're nervous and your anxiety level is high each moment when you think you can't control your response to someone snapping at you in each moment when you get to decide how do how do you tell people to reset their beliefs because it happens in the moment it's a split second decision let's talk about that because that's really what matters right it's moment by moment by moment I'm going to share with you what I share with my daughters when they were growing up. Yeah. Whenever they had that outburst and they want to just, you know, tell me something and, you know, like you, you give them instructions and they don't want to heed those instructions. <laughs> and they're like, you know, the tension builds up and you, you, you're you on a personal development growth. And all of a sudden you're like, uh, I always say, do what I just do. Just go positive. positive. <laughs> uh, you laugh at that. But, but Tracy, the aspect of being able to restructure or rewire your mind to always focus on the positive, I found to be very, very useful. I love and that. I, a lot of people get drawn into negativity. I call it creepy negativity. And even though we have our natural instincts to sometimes to, you know, get frustrated, if we can train our mind or reprogram our mind or, or to reset our belief in such a way, knowing that as positive as we can be, we make a difference. We align our character to be more like Christ. And when you think of being that. positive, you think about the, 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 the fruit of the spirit and how the behaviors that we exude help us demonstrate the, the God in us. And that is a reminder. So when we feel like we 
threatened or we feel like we're about to have those outbursts, it's always good to have that, that positive. And the only way you can achieve that, that pathway towards your, your living out or, re, or the, the yes. spiritual fruit is to be able to reset those beliefs, move from the old beliefs to the new beliefs. And the one great place to set the foundation for your new beliefs is in, in, in our, you know, you know, God himself. And it's important that. that we build our foundations around those. I, I love it. You know, like I said, th what I loved about you is that the book, again, the first book that's being published for me of the three books I've written is Loving the Journey and Living the Dream. I've met people, I was doing some high, you know, presentations at high schools, and they don't want a lot of words. They want to break it down. What is the basics? So I actually took all the work that I've done over the last three years and the books I've written and summarized into a very simple book called Loving the Journey and Living the Dream. And we have three strategic principles. And then for each of those three strategic principles, we have three transformational practices. And the reason I love you is because we're so much aligned. My three strategic principles are very simple. Believing it fully with joy is the first one. The second one is start doing it and keep it moving. Keep doing it. And number three is achieving it in each moment along the journey. Again, we have three principles. We, we talk about imagining and we talk about visualization and all these things. The reason we're so aligned is because the truth is the truth. Right. These are scientific principles around how do you use your subconscious mind? How do you change change a reality by changing your mind? How do you use your reality to change your mind? So all these things you're saying is absolutely wonderful. And I just wanted to say how excited I am to to, to just be on this journey with you. This is Thank just you. so Thank exciting. You. We're transforming individuals by showing them how to transform their mind. And again, the more people and I have tons of people actually coming on the show talking about their stories and how they did these things. One of the things we want to do is like we bring in people from different cultures who speak different languages um, because a lot of times people think, yeah, that's Bruce who is an engineer from Disney. Uh, that's Tracy who's worked at IBM and Disney and Microsoft. And you know, there's a whole nother thing. I'm straight up from the hood people. Just be clear. right? <laughs> so, let me be clear. Uh, so, you know, I, I am grateful. I am blessed. I, I excelled academically. I thank God for that. Yes, I have a couple of master's level degrees and I thank God for that too. But that ain't nobody but Jesus. That doesn't make me any smarter, any better, any anything. So because you got people like Bruce up here talking about, you know, how to do these things and it sounds so elegant and it does sound <laughs> and eloquent. It does. I actually like to break it down. And so the more faces and the more voices that you hear is people coming on telling their stories. These things are true. The reason they're so powerful is because when you hear someone's life story, they've done these things. And you, we're just basically summarizing for people in a way that allows them to just very easily. Here's what you need to know. Here's what you could do immediately to change your life, to change how you experience life. Let me put it that way. To change how you've experienced life. If you decide to believe something differently, you get to change how you experience your current situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Now, one of the things I actually heard you say earlier um, was around discovering your purpose. So your, your book is, is called, let me just take a quick pause here. It's called um, My Purpose, Become the Best You. I love the, the, the visual on the cover which, over your, your left shoulder. Uh, your workbook is extensive. This could have been like 10 books in one. This is it's just so deep. It's really, really deep. So we're barely scraping the surface here. So, you know, people, how do they find you, by the way? What's your website and how do they find you? 
then we're going to go. Oh, you can find question. me at, at BruceFrancois.com. Oh, uh, your name, Bruce, because this turns into a podcast. Sure. Bruce, <laughs> B-R-U-C-E-F-R-A-N-C-O-I-S.com. Awesome. Bruce at BruceFrancois.com. And the book and the workbook, they're all available wherever books are sold. Uh, all your online retailers, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you name it, they're all available. Awesome. And like I said, it's it's a powerful journey. It, it's 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 literally. How would you describe the the workbook compared to the book? And I know you got a whole. I mean, you're still you and I both are still we're working on some some launching for our books. We got some things that are coming up. Um, but how would you describe the work that's required, or the work that you take people through in this workbook? Sure. The the the, well, the main book provides the knowledge, the the principles to give you the tools. And the workbook basically crystallizes it. It helps you organize your thoughts, feelings. One of the things that I, I've discovered throughout my journey, even mentoring, is, is one thing to know truth, know knowledge, but to activate against it requires a different mm. mechanism. And we have to leverage the, you know, our minds in such a way that we have to write things down. And sometimes when we're so overwhelmed with information and with feelings, it's hard to even take action almost to the point where as the more we know we become paralyzed i've always heard this saying analysis leads to paralysis like you analyze you're like oh my god i know all this information about myself but i can't do anything so the journey through the workbook is to help create organization add structure to help you navigate through those overwhelming feelings and to put those ideas on paper and and kind of connect the dots think of another way of seeing this is connecting the dots and it's hard sometimes when you have a lot of information in front of you. How do you connect the dots? How do you know and connect your, your struggles to your feelings, your feelings to the, the acknowledgement of your purpose, the, your, the old beliefs that you told yourself, the new beliefs? How do you know what, what areas of opportunities for improving in your accountability? All these different things are dots that, that tell the whole story in the overall transformation process. And it's deep. You literally have not missed a thing. So if you believe that that struggle, you know, your struggles can lead to opportunities, if you believe that self-discovery can lead to self-exploration, if you believe that, you know, you know, the, everything happens for a reason. So we, we've all been asked to slow down. Why not come out of this better than you came into it? Why not? insert and invest time in yourself. And so Bruce is giving you everything you need to, to do that. So Bruce, if I go into your next number six, so your, your uh, number six was about, five was resetting your beliefs. We talked a little bit about that. Number six is finding your flow. And what I love about this is it's deep. Like this is around, because I like for people to say, why do this work? Again, what you describe is when you find your spiritual flow and you experience the enlightenment, freedom, there's energy, there's peace, there's love, and there's insights from the purpose. When you can actually find your flow, discovering your purpose is finding your spiritual flow. Tell us about that real quick, and then we're going to go into some of the, some of the additional details. Yeah, sure. So a good thing to have, level, have a context for um, is the concept of purpose. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people, at least a lot of people, have the viewpoint that purpose is something that you find on a shelf, and once you find it, you're done. And one of the things I, I shared in the book is discovering purpose is a continuous journey. It's a personal journey. And it requires communication with your source because we all believe that we are all created and 
the purpose that we were all called to be is within us. We have to discover ourselves to, to find that purpose. And, and in, in discovering yourself, you find more than just yourself. You find something bigger than yourself, and which is your source, and which is God. And part of that journey into being fully liberated is to be in the current of your flow and to be in the current with God. And so picture the process of you had struggles, you identify the lies you've told yourself, you identify the strongholds, the chains that have been keeping you from moving forward. You acknowledge and accept the truth. You uh, trust truth. You've surrendered to truth. And you've done all this stuff, but then what do you do next? You have all your light, you're free. But then the next part comes with the letting go and being able to mm -hmm. be in tune with, your, with, your, with God and being in tune with your source. And I talk about the different aspects of how to be in tune. Because it's one thing to know that you've dislodged all these things, but now you're on this pathway to now living. And what are the mm -hmm. tools you need to, to navigate life knowing that you've now dislodged and renounced all of these things that have been holding you back. And it requires that inflow. I call it, it's almost like doing and being all at the same time. It is, yes. if you want to go to spiritual term, it's actually being led by the Holy Spirit. And, mm. and uh, we talk about that in the spiritual corners, but I don't know how many people know what it really means. And here's where I'm taking you through a practical steps, a set of so, steps for you to, I, I to understand being in the flow. I love this. We're going to go to that in one second because I got to break it down. This is deep. So I got to say, I, I got to break it down a little bit. Then we're going to go to your, to your, um, I think you call it the five C's of communication. Is that where you were oh, going to yeah. go? Okay. We're going to, we're going we're gonna to slow down though. Cause I got to, I got to break it down. This is great stuff. It's so deep. And cause I've read the book and I'm going through the workbook. It's like, I, I, I understand where I was like, wow, that's a pause. So let me just, you know, let's help to, 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 to make sure people understand how deep and important and valuable this next step is as well. So you talk about, again, focusing on the positive and being, being led, um, activating against your truth. Um, I love that you said discovering your purpose is a continuous part of the journey. Again, loving the journey and living the dream, which is my book, it is about, it is a journey at every step of the journey, right? You, you have an opportunity to love the journey, right? And to live the dream, right? So when you discover yourself, you basically, you, you use terms like personal accountability. This journey requires taking personal accountability for your discovery experience. Wow. How many people take personal accountability for their discovery experience? You have to believe that you are meant to be wonderful. You're meant to do great things. You have to believe that as a, as a starting point. And if you believe that, then this is the, how do you find that space? And there is some amazing freedom. And it's when people have been on the journey and they've experienced this, this bliss, you know, what um, Deepak Chopra has a book called The Seven Laws of Spiritual Success. And he talks about, you know, uh, birds don't try to fly, fish don't try to swim. They just do what they do, right? And, and this, is, this is kind of that feeling of, you know, disconnecting from the outcome, establishing and connecting to the infinite possibilities of the universe. These are words that he uses. And I love that, that book. It's one of my favorite books. And you basically break it down into personal terms on how people can 
truly discover their purpose and find their spiritual flow. If you've ever spoken to, what was that? Michael Jordan just had this whole uh, series, um, you know, The Last Dance. And when you see someone who's playing at his level of expertise, he's in his flow. He's in the moment. He is flowing. He is doing what he knew he was meant to do. He, you know, he's in the flow. If you've ever done something with, for hours, you're not talking about this, right? I could video for hours. I could write for hours. I can do this kind of stuff. It's what I was meant to do. There's no question in my mind. So we're asking people, you're, you're taking people on a journey to find, discover their purpose and find their spiritual flow. It's a beautiful thing. So even if you, what, and also what I love about this is, Bruce, let's talk about this before we go into the, into the five C's. I know you talk about your improving your relationship with your higher power. And you and I both happen to have a relationship with, you know, the same higher power. But what I love about this, it's also scientific in nature that says you don't actually even have to believe in, we're not saying this is about your higher power or my higher power. This is about this process of transforming your mind, right? So let's talk about this, this, the, the, the research that's aligned with this the spirituality that's aligned with this. And no matter where you are in the process, you basically say uh, there's some communication opportunities and you call them the five C's. Do you want to talk about that? Or you want to talk about how it all kind of comes together and how you got to these five C's? Sure. So, well, great question. And the basis for the five C's is going back to the point you made about accountability. And, and that's why the book is called My Purpose. It's really not about my purpose. It's about my is the ownership aspect of purpose. So when, when you look at it from a perspective, we want people to take ownership of their journey and their discovery and, and, the, and the way they go about life. And part of that has to do with making that connection with the, with, with the source and with your source, our source. And the five C's is one of the things that as an engineer, I always looked at trying to break things down into its, its most atomic level to really have an understanding. <laughs> And when I looked at my relationship with, with, with God and I saw communication being an aspect, I even talk about this communication is like the relationship of exchanging information and that information of, of exchanging with God, I recognized there was more to just prayer. There was the five C's I call the communication, the five C's, understanding the content, one of the C, the first C, understanding content is the party so think of yourself as i'm talking with you i'm this i'm sending information right now as, as a party you're the receiving entity when we pray to god and we communicate with god you know you're the sender and god is the receiver when god communicates back you know you're the receiver and he's a sender the content is the information that we share in that communication process so right now words is, is the information that i'm sharing with you but there's other ways to communicate that, that content the channel is the medium. Right now we're using Zoom. Zoom is our channel. But in, with God, there's, there's a, the medium of, of through our prayers that, that we, we use as a mechanism for communicating with him. And we also talk about the context. The context is the environment that you're in, the situation that you're in that makes that communication process happen. And the, the, the last C is the comprehension. Comprehension means that regardless of what information you send, what information received, if you don't understand it or you're right. not willing to comprehend everything in it, it just defeats the, the value of the communication process. So when you look at all those different layers, it, what it helped me um, understand is that communication in these areas may be impacted in multiple ways. So sometimes it's not God, like sometimes we reject God 
and it's not God at all. Sometimes we're not listening on the receiving end. So we blame God for things and it's nothing to do with God when in actuality is maybe we, we haven't matured in our content, in our prayers to God. Maybe we're not believing because believing is like the envelope that takes the information that we pray in and send it to God. That's the only way or the channel which we communicate with God through our spirit and through our soul. And I know I'm getting a little deep, but I want people to see, no, this, I'm trying to simplify is, it in this, such a way that in our prayers to God, which is our petition to God, the envelope that sends it to God is through our belief. This is why it was important to reset your belief first, connect with your source, because if you can't have a clear belief system, then it makes your communication with God and your source, your higher power, very difficult. I love it. And the other thing I love is that when I, when I, as I move through the five C's of communication, because basically you, you, you give people a chance to pause and think about, are they communicating, asking questions, but then are they pausing to hear? And I think there's such value in that concept of prayer and meditation. I think oftentimes we pray and we put it out there. Um, I just did a session with Debrina Jackson Gandy and, um, you know, her amazing community. Uh, and you know, they had a whole session around communication and it was like, Prayer and prayer and prayer and meditation. The receiving. She's helping people to like pause and make sure they're spending time meditating, right? Pausing to hear, just and using silence. So that was that was huge. And then what I love about you um, is you talk about taking accountability, and you also have a equation for accountability. <laughs> I love it. You break it down. What does accountability mean? Establish personal accountability in all areas of your life to strengthen you for your purpose in life, meaning you gotta be accountable. So tell us about your your equation for accountability. Oh, I love the equation, I love it. It's the life equation, this is what I live by. This is one of the, oh, the, the formulas, I call it the formula for life. Accountability right. is responsibility plus ownership plus answerability. Now, we accountability is one of those terms that we use casually again, right? Everyone says I'm accountable totally. and we kind of use it. and I was thinking the same way like everyone else until I started really dissecting accountability and understanding the various components of it. So let's t talk about the first component, responsibility. And, and let's, let's talk about and let's talk about it. When you talk about it, since we actually have 10 minutes left in the show, make sure you're talking about in a way, because I'm looking at your workbook and the, the question is, I can become more responsible, I can take more ownership and I can become more answerable. Let's think about as you're talking, put it into a, a format of um, action for those people who are listening and watching, right? So accountability sure. equals responsibility plus ownership plus answerability. So let's talk. Let's not talk about it contextually. Let's talk about it action and action-oriented way for those who are watching. I can become more responsible. What does that mean? Take more ownership and be become more answerable. Right. So when you become more responsible, basically you know what you need to do. You you're accepting the responsibility for doing it. Take, for example, you, you're asked to do something, you have an assignment, you're doing it. You're, you're living a responsible life. There's areas in our lives that we're not responsible. We just haven't done anything. So there's a lot of don't care attitude. I don't want to do this. You're going to blame others. You don't want to take uh, responsibility. Ownership is a deeper form of responsibility. Hold on, hold on. Ownership I'm not going to let you move that fast. I'm not going to let you move that fast to responsible because that was deep too. That was deep too. <laughs> I know. So for you to see, you, been, you live this. I got to slow you down just a little bit. So, because that's huge. It's huge. You said you people can become more responsible. You know what you need to do, and oftentimes we don't do it. So I'm going to break pause and say, why don't we do what we know we're supposed to do when you're responsible well, for doing a thing and we don't do it? 
Well, let me, I'll give you that. Well, maybe not. Why not? But what what can you, what can you, what can you share with people to help them be more responsible? So I've discovered. Because we're so used to not being. Sure. So one of the things that I discovered why people don't take responsibility was a few things. Well, there's a don't get attitude. They they don't, there's no hope. There's no um, inspiration. There's there's lack of of willpower. You know, there's different things that influence people from, and some of them not even knowing. Like when I go through this mentoring program, a lot of people didn't know what it what it meant to be responsible. This is why I created the workbook. I, I gave you different. I provided different areas of responsibility to assess where whether you are. And, and uh, most people didn't know. So almost like you can you can plead ignorance in some areas, but a lot of people didn't know what responsibility really meant. Other than we, we, knowing we, 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 that hopefully we're going to get through this. Hopefully, hopefully, real quick, we're going to get through these things, and then I'm going to have you talk a little bit about this. I thought that was eye opening. I've talked talk about talk about some of the areas and some of the things you you you, you get through. And we have um seven minutes left sorry just want to interject that so let's do yeah, three yeah, minutes to talk about these things and i want to i want you to give some some tangible examples of being responsible taking ownership and then and then um answerability and then i want to sprinkle in if we can some of these cool things that you basically set people up for success sure so if you think of the the areas for responsibility like self-care uh, as an example where being responsible means that you're responsible for taking care of yourself, you know, being reliable. It includes, you know, being able, willing and wanting to work and as part of the, your, your survival. Um, ownership means that, well, you know, you got to do it, but you're taking ownership. You're taking pride. You're going to work not with the attitude of, well, I only here because I have to be here. You're almost like you're taking pride in your work. That's the ownership. And the answerability aspect is when you start looking at, well, I'm taking ownership, but I'm almost my, my own boss. I feel like I don't want to be told what to do. I, I, you're not coachable. You're not um, teachable uh, you're, because you're, you don't want to be answerable. You, you know, you're not treating or your subordinates with, with respect, with dignity. You're not valuing your, your, your superior. There's a lot of things that goes with answerability. And, and that has to do with just overall accountability. So I evaluate accountability in those areas. There's some people that are not taking responsibility at all. Here's an opportunity to become more responsible in the areas of self-care. And if you need to take more ownership, and you know, like, don't have to wait till someone, it's like telling your kids, hey, Sally or John, go brush your teeth. You know, some people don't need to be told. They just take ownership. They know, I'm going to do it. Um, I love that. And, love and that. then I'm, I'm being able to become to, answerable. Go ahead. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to have you, um, when you do this next example, let's go under the category that you identify for family. Because I thought it was so beautiful that you broke down that people can be more responsible, take more ownership, and be more answerable under as a family member. And you put down things like leading, guiding, and nurturing, and protecting my family, being a loving, caring, trusting, reliable, and understanding parent, spending quality time and teaching good values, taking care of, I mean, helping with chores, tasks, and needs around the house. I mean, that's breaking it down. Let's talk about that. I mean, that if you think about now, we're all at home. We're all spending this close time with people in our families. Let's break it down, um, how people can be more responsible, take more ownership, and be more accountable and answerable to their family. Well, and one of the, that's one of the areas, and I'm glad you, you highlighted that particular area, but the family is an important aspect for me as well. This was important because I recognize a lot of folks didn't have or the, the family values or there's opportunities there. And again, most people treat their family as, okay, we just love each other and we're just home. But you, you, you just called it out, right? You listed things where people can be more responsible, can't be um, taking ownership of protecting. Like if you're 
the leader of your family or mom or dad or whatever you you are you can take or become more responsible in how you protect how you guide how you improve in those areas and there's opportunities for even if you have kids to teach them how to take ownership i use the example of washing dishes right okay you get an assignment to go wash your dish you do it you're responsible but if it's not your turn but you decide to do it anyway you become you're taking ownership this is an example where you can move from extending being responsible to now taking ownership and the answerability part and this is i think most families struggle and because of the identity of roles of well who's answerable who do we answer who are we answerable to whom are we answerable for and and being able to understand the answerability aspect of of roles and and having kids know that um they're answerable to their parents um, and and as become leaders in life they're going to be answerable for others and and that is an important aspect as well so you have to teach and 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 train and for people within your family to grow up to be the leaders of tomorrow i love that so we have two minutes left less than two minutes left so i'm gonna i'm gonna give you the some of the the ending words associated with this concept of being more loving caring more loving and caring in all of our relationships, whether you're the child who's snapping at your parents because you really want to be at school one minute remaining, um, or, or within a relationship, whatever it is, let's talk to people real quick about how they can be more loving and caring in general with everyone that they interact with in their homes, no matter what their role is. Right. Well, loving and caring first, you have to know that those are gifts from God. And with gifts from God, it's like, it's almost like when you're given a gift, it's a gift to share. So, First and foremost, we have to believe that as an aspect of sharing that gift, we're obligated if we're true to living the life that is um, in accordance to God's will and God's purpose for our life. And I that comes it. naturally, it should come naturally as we um, try to emulate God's character. And that's the reason why right? we want to be, it's because of God's love that we are here and we should it. feel honored in being able to share it so that should I give you the it. motivation so 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 nathan is playing our rollout music so thank you so much for joining us this was absolutely amazing i will definitely have you back how do we end the show it's bigger than thank me you, baby <laughs>